0: Greetings, building science enthusiasts, and welcome back to the Building Science Podcast. Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Bowtex Systems, a Texas-based manufacturer of a high-performance insulated concrete wall system. Here on the Building Science Podcast, we stress the importance of the building enclosure to the overall comfort, health, safety, durability, and efficiency of our buildings. And you've also heard us say that the enclosure needs to do the heavy lifting. In fact, the enclosure may be the most important first decision you make on your next construction project. We believe that some of the best solutions for a high-performance building enclosure are monolithic mass wall assemblies, like the Bautex wall system. Bautex walls include structure, enclosure, and insulation all in one assembly and is installed by a single trade Manufactured locally here in Central Texas, fast to construct, and labor-friendly, Bautex walls deliver competitive first costs and provide a lifetime of savings on energy and maintenance costs. Better buildings start with better walls. To learn more about how to design and build better buildings using Bautex, go to bautexsystems.com backslash science. That's how they'll know that we sent you. That's B-A-U-T-E-X systems.com slash building science enjoy the episode welcome to the building science podcast welcome Welcome to the the building building science podcast. podcast bringing the human factor to construction design and architecture brought to you by positive energy in austin texas Hey listeners, welcome back. This is another live episode from the Texas Society of Architects Expo and Convention, so prepare for a little background noise. All right, welcome back listeners. This is your producer Miguel here, and I'm lucky to have a very special guest, Dr. Jules Elkins from the University of Texas.
1: Good morning.
0: (laughs) And Jules just just did a uh, wonderful talk here at the TXA convention uh, with Laura Britt, who's an interior designer here in Austin. And the talk was focused on indoor air quality. And what better way to sort of segue into a discussion about the multiple dimensions of beauty that we've been discussing here at the TXA than talking about how the environment affects your health. So that's what I would like to touch on today, Jules, is... um, from your perspective, what does multiple dimensions of beauty mean with regard to a space and what we bring into it and how that affects people's health?
1: And That is a very good question. Um, I, you motivated this by saying indoor air quality. And so when I think about beauty, I think about a clean and healthy indoor space. And um, Most people define that as indoor air quality, but I want to look at it from a different endpoint, which is indoor environmental quality. Uh, Today in the talk, I talked a lot about dust. So a low-hanging fruit, I think, of green building is is volatile organic compounds, right? What we breathe in our air. But I think most people are not uh, as aware of the chemicals that are semi-volatile compounds, which are uh, chemicals that are heavier and have a higher vapor point, which is a technical way of saying they stay put longer in building materials and they migrate out into our dust rather than into our air. And so we get exposed to these really highly through uh, what we ingest and our surfaces. Kids are extremely vulnerable to the health effects of dust. And so I'm very interested in looking at some of these less obvious health endpoints, but really important ones uh, with respect to chemical exposure and dust. Um, And that sounds... Kind of dirty, and since we're talking about beauty, that's, that's right. important. <laughs> <laughs> um, the kinds of chemicals that are uh, semi-volatile chemicals are chemicals like phthalates, which I think people are pretty familiar with at this point. Um, plasticizers, uh, pesticides, flame retardants, um, products of, of things that we burn. These are all chemicals that have uh, well-known carcinogenic properties. But I think less well-known is that they have uh, some neurotoxic effects for kids as well. And it's kids who are vulnerable and. It's kids who are so highly exposed because of their behavior. And so that's something that I'm thinking a lot with respect to beauty.
0: Absolutely, that's wonderful. And you know, on a lot of our projects, we tend to have the opportunity to have more educational conversations with project teams up front because we're getting involved during the design stages um, with architects, with the builder, with the installer. And we're not only talking about pushing the limits of sort of thermal comfort, uh, but we're also talking about the health outcomes that we can solve in the design phases. Um, And so obviously from Positive Energy's perspective, we're talking about mechanical systems, we're talking about good filtration, um, particularly when it comes to controlling humidity and and really uh, thinking about how we're filtering for particulate matter PM 2.5, et cetera. So we fully are on board with the idea that beauty is so far beyond just what you see, right? And and more and more project teams are getting it. Um, But I'm curious about your experience uh, with consulting work with your students at the University of Texas, um, w- what is sort of the zeitgeist right now with regard to how they're thinking about health and indoor spaces?
1: You know, it's funny that you asked that. I lack that perspective because I'm mired in so deep talking
0: about <laughs> these things. You're in the trenches. <laughs> I'm in the trenches. And whenever
1: I come to a, a conference like this, I look around me and I say, are, are, am I am I looking like I have two heads? The things I'm talking about, is anybody thinking the same way I am? But I think they are. So, um, what I was what I wanted to mention with respect to you talking about thermal comfort mm-hmm. is. Um, when you think about design and designing away chemicals is if you think about getting the humidity right in the first place mm-hmm. It removes the need for a lot of these chemicals that are going to be mold and mildew inhibitors in the first place Absolutely. And these are things that are are some big bad chemicals that do migrate out into the air and into the dust and so um, You're making a healthier space by design right up front
0: Absolutely, and even ASHRAE, you know, it's a group of engineers who has now changed their language um, with regard to the relationship between humidity and asthma, from correlative to causal, and that's a huge, huge deal. And you know, thinking in your talk about. Um you spoke about the rising temperatures with plasticizers, with um, phthalate-producing materials in buildings. You know, that that's obviously a huge concern. So if you're not accurately controlling the temperature in a space or the surface temperatures in a space, you can immediately experience and may not even know you're experiencing really negative health outcomes. So when we're talking about projects and we're talking about um, sort of thinking ahead and preventing negative health, health outcomes... Obviously, one of the big questions we need to ask is what are we bringing into the space and how are those materials going to behave um, with phys- the law, according to the laws of physics and potentially you know, negate any kind of forethought that we had put into it with regard to filtration, with good ventilation. Um, obviously, if there's off-gassing going on, that's going to be a big problem. So tell us a little bit about what you know about how building materials behave.
1: That's a really important issue. So we've done work from um, kids in schools, what they're bringing in from when they enter the door to when they leave at the end of the day. We've looked at low-income housing units about how a building occupant meaningfully influences the space, uh, you can build as healthy and as green as you want, but then if the occupants uh, meaningfully change what's going on in the space, it can have some very significant health consequences. As an example, one of the assessments we do is we start at, at the door and we watch what people walk in. And what's really interesting is a really simple thing like what's on the bottom of your shoes matters a great deal to what ends up being in the space. Um, Earlier I was talking about dust. Well, if you think about what's on the bottom of your shoes and what you've walked in before you've entered. Think just about, for example, walking across a, a blacktop road. The pavement sealers, there's uh, compounds called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, many of which are known human carcinogens, are endocrine disruptors. There are suspected neurotoxicants or developmental toxicants, and the list goes on. Um, the pesticides um, that you track in, herbicides that people have sprayed, um, and these things go into the to the carpeting that you're, you're, you're on. Is A very interesting study was looking at if you shook out all the dust of an old carpet, what remained would have to be disposed of as hazardous waste. It had so many contaminants Whoa, in it. Whoa!
0: That's insane.
1: It's insane. <laughs> so, simple things like having people remove their shoes at the doors, uh, that's a really important a way of reducing what you're bringing into a space. Um, if you think about what you, you burn, for example, uh, candles. People love candles. Mm-hmm. Um, and people think they're getting around the uh, um, uh, the issue of what candles are are burning by bringing in um, What are the vaporizers? Right, yeah.
0: Uh, the essential oil diffusers. Diffusers yeah. is the word
1: I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but these things are also um, off gassing all sorts of things. So um, you look at, uh, there's a really interesting study done that said if you're in a room and you light a, a candle, um, there's this flare up of what you're being exposed to and what it's putting off into the environment. That is the equivalent in your exposure profile to all of the pollution being put off in all by, by all of the coal fired power plants in Texas. Because that's a diffuse exposure. You're in an enclosed and small room that's. Poorly oh my ventilated.
0: God, that's insane! But so it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, it can be really significant.
0: So to that point, you know, there are also a lot of decisions made uh, through the design phases, especially with interior designers about uh, furniture, about you know what kinds of woods and laminates might be brought into the space. Tell us a little bit about what you know um, about those materials and how they might uh, impact a project.
1: Uh, so I, I like to look at things that are a little bit less obvious. I think with uh, you know, veneers and laminates, is as long as they are, are specified as being zero VOC, they're probably okay to bring into a space. I think less obvious are things like upholstered furniture mm. um, and, and carpeting. Okay. Is Typical carpeting and upholstered furniture will have in it flame retardants, which are not inert and they off-gas and they, they migrate out into the dust and have pretty significant health effects so much so that California has now backed off on its standards and has outlined a lot of them. And a lot of manufacturers are uh, voluntarily removing them from their products because of this really significant health profile. Um, Nonetheless, as most furnishings have these, uh, if they're not the halogenated flame retardants, they're replacement flame retardants in them. Um, But then we think about nonstick Is in stain treatment. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants a couch where someone's going to spill a glass of wine, and that's the end of the couch. Mm -hmm. And so we treat them with nonstick surfaces, and these are called perfluorinated chemicals. And these also are um, suspected endocrine disruptors or suspected neurotoxicants and Mm -hmm. suspected reproductive toxicants. And so looking for alternatives like hardwood flooring, natural surfaces, natural wool carpeting, Mm -hmm. um, removes a lot of those exposures. One thing I think people don't think about is uh, the health effects of plastics. Is um, one uh, a colleague has a, a test house where they do these interesting studies, and one of their uh, one of his graduate students did a study where they took a, a, a PVC uh, shower curtain into the bathroom and uh, opened up the plastic that it was in and shook it out and installed it, um, and then they were able to to trace. Uh, in in using tissue samples and hair samples and saliva samples that the chemicals and the the, the PVCs, the phthalates, the additives of the plasticizers went through every tissue in their body within 26 seconds. So these are really potent chemicals.
0: That is, you know, we've had a lot of really interesting conversations on um, this podcast, and as we as a company start to get to know more of the issues that pertain to indoor air quality, indoor environmental quality, We sort of start to realize how little we actually know um, and we're trafficking in these waters pretty often And so it's just remarkable to talk to you about this stuff because it and I think the listeners will agree There's a lot to unpack here, and I think it's worth spending some time really thinking deeply about these issues Um, Which you know, I want to know how do you how would you recommend that an interior designer or an architect? Who's handling the interiors actually make a good selection? Like, What do you do? (laughs) <laughs> where where do we you, go? You, you hire
1: me. Okay, um, there you go. It's a it's a, these are really difficult and complicated waters right now. Mm-hmm. Is there's no agreed upon standard. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different groups that are vying for um, for sort of supremacy and uniformity in this area. Mm-hmm. So it's a it, these are very complicated issues right now. So so that's not easy. There are, are our are websites resources out there mm-hmm. and. I think one place to look is to start is at the Healthy Building Network. Is That's a landing point that can help with education. Um, but I would like to say that all of these things that we're talking about highlight the absolute necessity for good ventilation and making sure that um, obviously you don't you hear
0: that guys good (laughs) ventilation
1: obviously you don't want to bring these products in in the first place but that's probably impossible so then what you do after matters a lot and so ventilation ventilation and ventilation is is the holy grail
0: I I agree completely well um, I don't want to keep you too much more I know it's been a long day and I know you're very tired and so am I and uh, this has been a marathon of a a couple of days for Christoph and I so thank you so much for your time Um, I'll give you the last word if you'd like it anything you want to tell the world Ventilate, ventilate, ventilate. We <laughs> want to leave it at that? I, don't know. <laughs> I didn't have a last Very good. All right, it's time for bed, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and a, a big thanks to the Texas Society of Architects and to our sponsor, Bautex.